You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 43 through 47. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Can you remember the first time you walked into the building of Clarkston United Methodist Church? For some of you, it would have been Clarkston Methodist Church. For some of you, it was the building down the street. For others, the building looked quite different than it does now. And for some of you, if you worship online, you haven't even set foot in the building yet. But I wonder, why have you stayed? What has kept you coming back? Maybe you never had a choice. Your parents made you. They expected you to be here every Sunday. Maybe it became a part of you, and so you've continued, because that's just what you do. Maybe you loved the mission focus and wanted that for your children. Maybe the church supported you through a difficult time. Maybe it's simply that your friends are here. Maybe the music and worship feeds your soul. Who greeted you or connected with you? Maybe it was someone that you already knew and that made you feel comfortable, or someone at the coffee shop or a friendly person just greeted you when you walked in. At what point or what happened that made you feel like this church is yours? So that you might say, that's my church, or I go there, or I'm a member of CUMC, or Clarkston United Methodist Church is my home. Today, as we've said, we begin this four-week series called Home Together, and in this time we celebrate the home that we find with our church, Clarkston United Methodist Church. We'll talk about giving to support this church, the responsibility that each of us has to make the home work, how we're called to give, and I won't mince words, we need you. We need your gifts of time and talent and treasure. In the early spring of 1908, John and Frankie organized a Sunday school and classes under the trees in their family's woods in Fairview, Virginia. 
The nearest Methodist churches were in Roanoke and Salem, and the only transportation at the time in 1908 was a streetcar that ran on a very limited schedule. People couldn't afford the luxury of paid transportation to church, and John and Frankie wanted religious training for their family. They had six children, four girls and two boys, and they figured that other families in their community would want that too. And so in their great big backyard were some woods, and there were fallen trees that became the seating for the first Sunday school class. There was a little chapel built in the, fall, in, the, in the fall to shelter the small band of Methodists from the cold. And within a couple of years, many families found their way to that little house of worship. They felt called to, to give what they could, to serve how they could. Soon, as numbers grew, they realized they needed a building, and that band of Methodists built a building. John was the type to always respond to a need if there was one. He played the coronet in worship to accompany the hymns. And later, Frankie served as the accompanist playing a small pipe organ. John was the Sunday school superintendent for many years. And when there was a special event and the church building wasn't big enough to house it all, John and Frankie would host it at their home. They felt that was how God was calling them to give. John worked for the railroad. Frankie quilted and canned and raised the children. John died at 57, and Frankie died just before her 96th birthday. They were in church every Sunday. They had 26 grandchildren, the youngest of whom is my father, who has John's coronet to this day. Now, my granddad, Jim Mayo, who was the youngest of their six, wasn't as active in the church as his parents, but he made sure that his two kids were there every Sunday, and he gave to his church every week. He believed that that was his responsibility. In fact, he and I had this big, long conversation when he was living in Florida and was a member of the Orlando First United Methodist Church, or maybe it was Kissimmee, whatever. Anyway, he didn't really go to that church, but he sent them the money every week. And I told him maybe since he didn't attend anyway, and of course back then there was no virtual worship, Maybe he should just move his membership back to Fairview where he still felt connected, where he still felt that that was his home. I figured that little church could use his money more, and so he did. And the pastor would call him every month and reach out to him, even though he lived so far away. And my granddaddy prayed for that church. And whenever I saw him, he'd show me the bulletins and tell me about what was happening and how grateful he was that they continued to share religious teachings with families in their community and how they were doing good. My grandfather died just before his 91st birthday. And all of our family, all of his nieces and nephews, we gathered to celebrate his life. I had to do his funeral, and as you can see right now, that wasn't very easy for me. I swore that I would never do a family funeral again after that. 
We had the funeral luncheon at Fairview, and I finally got to the, see the church that had been so much a part of my life through the stories that my granddaddy told me. And I got to see the handbell tables that were given in memory of my grandmother. That's Fairview. Now, my mom and my dad married, and they were both Methodists, and they uh, lived in Plymouth and began attending Newburgh United Methodist Church. That's where they raised my brother and me. Bill Ritter was the pastor when I was born, and he gave a sermon one Sunday about giving. And my dad sat there and he thought, hmm, if we were to go out to the movies and have a babysitter, it would probably cost $14 total. This is a long time ago. <laughs> and he figured, you know, going to church is a lot like going to the movies and there's child care for the children, so he began to give $14 a week. And then he got more involved in the church and he was asked to serve as the church treasurer and my mom was asked to serve as the missions chairperson and they began to grow in their understanding of generosity and their understanding of the needs of the church and their role in it. And they were part of a small group called Edge of Adventure, and that had a huge impact on their life. The people in the class meant the world to them, and the class itself was underpinned by a basic question, what's more important to you than God? That group of people impacted them. In the class, there was one woman who was dying there was a man who was recovering from alcoholism. And my dad's, my dad's mom died at the age of 69 when he was in that class. It had an impact on them. And my parents became tithers. They began to give 10% of their income to the church. And they taught me to give that as well. They taught me to give my time and so I would go with my mom to, on her missions events, and I would put bananas on the plates at Cass when we would serve dinners. And they taught me to use my talents, and as I was in high school, I became a liturgist. And they taught me to give my gifts, to give 10%. And so when I began babysitting, I would put away 10% and give it to the church. And it became important to me to give my time and my talent. And I have no doubt that because of all that, I'm here today with you in this home. Mike and I got married. We had similar views. We met in seminary, so, you know, we were both Methodist. And we grew up in similar families with parents who gave 10%. And so... Starting out at 25 and 26, we were determined that we would give 10% of our salary that was about $26,000 a year at that time. And it was tight sometimes, and there were some times when we missed paying it, which is why when we began to give online and began to do EFT, it made all the difference in the world because it ensured that we were keeping that value of ours to give that 10% and it would come out every week or every month. 
we felt very blessed, and we have always felt that we are called to give. And we find tremendous joy in seeing what God is doing and how our gifts are able to support this. Now, why am I telling you all of this? (laughs) Because I don't believe I can ask you to give until you know my story, until you know why it is that I give. It's important for you to know where I come from. And I also want you to know that this is not about me saying you should give and this is your home. This is about the spiritual journey that is giving. It's about inviting you to pray that prayer, God, how are you calling me to give? Because generosity is about you and God. It's about how God answers that with you, and that is between you and God. And so I invite you to pray that prayer. It's not a pressure situation. It's a spiritual experience. And I invite you to respond to God's invitation, to God's response to that prayer. Now, the scripture that Sandy read earlier is one of my favorites. It's about the early church, and I think it's one of my favorites because it really reminds me of the story of Fairview. It's about the early church and how each person was a part of what was being done about the work of the church. And the scripture says, all believed were together and held all things in common. They were a family who worked to do good, and as they did what God called them to do, God added to their number, and they grew, and disciples were made, and their generosity of time and talent and treasure was all blessed, and the church was born. And because of that church being born, we are here today. You see, each one of us is essential to the body of Christ called Clarkston United Methodist Church, our spiritual home, the home that feeds us and challenges us, the home that empowers us and comforts us. I believe that when we offer what we are called to give, God blesses and multiplies it all, our time, our talent, our treasure, and we experience blessing in the giving There's no doubt about it. Our gifts make it possible for us to grow in number and to grow in faith. And in this home, each one of us is valued and needed. And so I invite you over these next few weeks to pray that prayer, God, how are you calling me to give? And consider the blessings that God has given you. And then... Choose to respond. And remember that you always, always have a home with Clarkston United Methodist Church. Because all of us together, every one of us, make it home. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for your love. We give you thanks for calling us. And we give you thanks for our home and how we are home together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. 
We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.